We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're just saying that it's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Oh, Rob Doster said, and he's absolutely right. It is Field of 68 After Dark. Good evening, everybody, on this Thursday night, February the 10th. I'm John Fanta. Rob Doster is with us tonight. The pride of the Pittsburgh Panthers, Ashton Gibbs, is with us tonight. We are on Sirius XM Channel 84, the ESPNU station. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. And we're presented by Bet Rivers. We begin tonight with a classic example that from night to night in the month of February, when everybody knows a little bit more about everybody in your conference, it doesn't matter. Who you're facing sometimes, the crazy can happen this time of year. After a 16-point win over Illinois at Mackey Arena earlier this week, tonight, your final score from Ann Arbor, Michigan 82, Purdue 58, the Boilers' six-game winning streak gone. They take their fourth loss, and they take it in blowout fashion. Rob Douster. What went wrong for the Boilermakers? I think this was just kind of a, a situation where it was a little bit of a tough matchup before, right? We've talked over and over on this show about the issues that Purdue has defensively, specifically in their defensive backcourt. Uh, that becomes a little bit more problematic when you go up against a team like Michigan that also is able to take advantage of what you do in the front court. Uh, Michigan was playing Hunter Dickinson and Musa Diabate together. And those two big guys were able to take advantage of the fact that Purdue kind of wants to play four around one, right? They want to play uh, four guards. They want to be able to have four shooters around Zach Eadie. So uh, I think this was a combination of uh, a beneficial matchup for Michigan on a night where they happened to shoot 12 for 21 from three, while Purdue shot four for 18 from three. To me, Ashton, this was just kind of like one of those nights. It happens in conference play. Yeah, it, it happens in conference play, especially on the road. I thought Michigan, they they really got the crowd into it, especially early in the game. Um, and, and that's that's always tough in the middle of conference season. Hunter Dickinson played like a, a monster. And then you have Eli Brooks shooting the ball well from three. And then uh, defensively, I thought Michigan did a really good job defensively shutting down Stefanovic 
And anytime Purdue doesn't shoot well from three, um, it, it's going to be tough. You know, it makes it even tougher for Jaden Ivey to get downhill and attack gaps. And then, um, you know, you talk about Williams and Zach Eady down low. Um, it makes it easier to guard. So uh, I thought Michigan did really well defensively. But anytime Purdue uh, doesn't shoot the ball well from three, it's going to be a tough night. Look, there's not going to be many nights where these two things are occurring. Michigan shoots 12 of 21 from three-point land. Like, that's as good as Michigan has shot the basketball from beyond the arc all year. Tonight, Eli Brooks did not miss from three. He went four of four. Hunter Dickinson went four of six in this game. And Caleb Houston went four of six from three. That's your three-point shooting right there. And that getting accompanied by the Boilers going four for 18 from three. But to me, Ashton, you bring up an interesting point. And I'm going to follow up with you on this. You said when Purdue's not hitting the three, it can go in the wrong direction for them. Are you concerned that they're a little too reliant on the three-point shot? Uh, a little bit because it, it typically affects their defense. Um, if they make shots, they end up um, playing well, playing even tougher defensively. If they don't make shots, uh, you, you can tell it affects their defense. They start giving up straight line drives. All of a sudden, guys start getting open shots. Um, it, you, you can just tell. And that's that's typical of any team. But if they really want to be a final four team, mm-hmm. they really got to, you know, nip that in the butt. You know, the only thing I would say about that is I think that Purdue's defense is always going to be what Purdue de- Purdue's defense is. They, they don't have great perimeter defenders. They don't have that one kind of lockdown guy that you can throw. I want Jaden Ivey to be that guy. I don't think that he is that guy. And then whenever Zach Eadie's on the floor, you're going to be a, a liability in ball screens. Like, I just kind of think they are what they are on that end. Now, the 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 difference maker for them is the fact that they have a historically great offense. They're the number one team in offensive efficiency in college basketball this season. They are up there among the best offenses that we have seen since Ken Palm's database came into place. And on the nights where they don't make a lot of threes, like it just kind of, it, it is what it is. Now, it didn't help either that Zach Eady was infallible for most of this game. and could barely see the floor. And also, can, can we just remember, like, Hunter Dickinson's really good. You know, like there, there's a reason why he was a preseason first-team All-American. What he finished with tonight? 22, nine, four dimes, three yes. steals, two blocks, and four, yes. four threes. Like that dude, I don't love his, uh, his, his big Dickinson energy celebration. Like we need to work on that thing. <laughs> we need to workshop that a little bit. You're still Hunter Dickinson, but you know, he, he played really well tonight. He was allowed to do something dumb if he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Look, he's an all American talent. I thought early in the season they were trying to figure out so much that Michigan almost sometimes forgot just how good Hunter Dickinson is. And if they didn't forget it, they weren't, they were trying to figure out other roles that then it was almost getting lost in the shuffle at times that, hey, when in doubt, feed Hunter Dickinson the basketball. And tonight he was getting touches. He was active from the start. Look, he punked Purdue's bigs. I mean, tonight, Hunter Dickinson was the best big man on the floor, which heading into this season, gentlemen, we said, yeah, Kofi Coburn in Illinois, but in the preseason, we were saying Michigan could be a top five team in the country. And the reason why is Hunter Dickinson. So the question now is Rob, and I think that they are, but do you think Michigan will end up finding themselves on the big dance floor? Oh man. Well, 
look, here's the spot that they're in right now, right? They are two and five against quadrant one opponents. They are three and three against quadrant two. And they also have that home loss to Minnesota, which is going to be kind of the anchor on their resume. Um, their metrics are pretty good. They're, they're top 50 in the net. And I'm sure that's going to end up going up as soon as it kind of yes. recycles. Like I, I, I have the numbers I'm looking at are the numbers for before this game from the start of the day. They haven't refreshed yet. So we'll see where that ends up going. But I, I would say right now, they're probably like right there on the cut line. If you were going to, you were going to tell me to choose between uh, this Michigan team who has beaten, um, let, let me bring up their resume really quick to make sure I get this right. Uh, they've beaten Indiana on the road in a in convincing fashion. They've now beaten yeah. Purdue at home in convincing fashion. Uh, and they are 13 and nine of the season. If you're going to give me that team versus a North Carolina team that, whose best win is at home against Virginia Tech. Yeah. I, I think I probably lean towards Michigan getting in. Is that crazy? We're, we're going to play. We're going to play a little blind resume later on today, which I know you're going to have fun with Fanta. So oh, I can't wait. It's my favorite game. You ready, Ashton? <laughs> I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Okay. But, but here's the thing. And by the way, Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. We've got a great show tonight. We are actually going to talk some mid-majors tonight. So if that's your thing, or if you're sitting there saying, well, that's not really my thing, let me tell you something. It better be your thing because next month we're going to help you fill out a bracket here on the Field of 68. And there's a team right now that you need to know about. It's Murray State. We're going to talk to their head coach coming up on the show tonight. But uh, we're talking right now about Michigan. I think now you beat Purdue. Now in 48 hours, can you keep it going? You're home again to Ohio State. Absolutely a winnable game, Bobby D. Like that's a situation now where you got to move off this and be able to get another win in Ann Arbor. Because if you win that game over Ohio State, there's not many bubble teams that are putting up the kind of week that Michigan would be having with a win over Purdue and then a win over Ohio State. You know what the problem is, though? You know, you go 2-0 and this week by beating Purdue and Ohio State at home. We're both know. top 25 teams, by the way. You get rewarded by going on the road to Iowa, <laughs> who just scored 8,000 points. 8,000 points at Maryland. And then the next thing you get to do is you go on the road and you play Wisconsin and Johnny Davis. Like, Okay. Congratulations, Michigan. That's what you get. That's well, that's that's what happens when you play in the uh, in in the Big Ten. In Big Ten, yeah. Isn't that true? Like Ashton, I I, I want to get your perspective on this because you played in the Big East. Big East, yeah. And that was dog eat dog. I mean, every night was a battle. Give me this here, because the Big Ten fan is wondering this: Is there such a thing? in which a conference beats itself up so much on the grind that then you do in mid-March, you feel the after effects of that. Is that a legitimate thing in a conference like this? It's a little, it's a legitimate thing. You you know what I think the most underrated part is, is how the refs call the games. Um, And and when you talk about big 10 play, you know, letting guys play and um, you know, the, the toughness of, you know, some of the battles, especially down low, talk about you know these are some of the best bigs in the country and then you get to mid-march and you know sometimes the refs are calling chippies guys get in foul trouble and it changes the whole it changes the whole dynamic of the game so um it 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 really does affect you know affect the guys and uh you know just just the grind the day-to-day grind of practice and then playing against a a wisconsin then playing against a, a ohio state um 
those games, they, they, they catch up to you, man. But it's the beauty of uh, competition. That's what these guys come to the Big Ten for. That's what you end up committing to a higher level school. And it, ultimately, if you want to be in the NBA, you want to play against the best players regardless. Rob, what say you about this theory? Like, because I, I was on earlier this week with, with some of our pals, uh, Jason Horowitz, Sean Farnham, and uh, John Crispin, who, who did a good job covering the sports. And one of the things that's being talked about by hosts on Big Ten today, that's on Sirius XM Channel 84, this is Field of 68 after dark here on XM 84, is that, yeah, the Big Ten last year was the best conference in college basketball. But maybe by the time the NCAA tournament rolled around, there were some after effects that resulted in some negative results come tournament time. Like, what do you make of, of that theory and, and that idea heading into this NCAA tournament? Well, I think a lot of what happens in the NCAA tournament is kind of a crapshoot. And I don't necessarily think there's a bad thing when it comes to losing. Like, sometimes you need to get punched in the mouth to realize what you're doing wrong. And the other part of it is, if you win a whole bunch of close games in a row, then sometimes like the the flaws in what you're doing can kind of be papered over, right? You can kind of say, ah, look, we're, we're good. We'll figure it out because we just won all these games. Let's, let's keep doing what we're doing. Let's keep doing what we're doing. Instead of, you know, taking a bad loss and saying, okay, look, we need to readjust. We need to figure this stuff out. Providence is a perfect example. They got punched in the mouth of Marquette. They haven't lost since, right? So I, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. And again, when it comes to college basketball, especially this year, there is nobody that is that much better than anyone else. Losses are going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's going to be times where Michigan, who has an All-American center, is going to shoot 12 for 21 from three. And Purdue, who also has a couple All-Americans on that roster, is going to end up shooting four for 18. And you're going to get these weird results on the road. It just it is what it is. I don't want to overreact too much to it, but it just yes, it's kind of that, that this is this is what college basketball is. And and here's one one thing that I. One, one rant that I have about the way that college basketball is kind of viewed, like every game is kind of put into this, this, this big picture talking point where it's like, okay, let's repaint the narrative of an entire season off of one game. No, Purdue played that crap tonight. Yes. I think it's just kind of what it is. Michigan played their best game. Purdue played their worst game. It was on the road. It was at Michigan. These things happen. It's sports. Yes. And by my understanding on Twitter, it was Purdue's fourth game in seven days. So this has been quite a, a stretch for them. We had a, a tweet that came in from Boiler Don. I mean, if it's not their fourth and seven, they're in the midst of a fourth out of out of a week. This has been a busy week for Purdue. Uh, unless Boiler Don, who tweeted into us, is, is giving me fake news right now. But uh, Purdue, look, Purdue's one of the best teams in the country. On their best day, they're good enough to win a national championship. If two hours really turns your mind on a team, then you haven't been watching enough college basketball this season because Purdue is really, really good. They have an NBA lottery pick in Jaden Ivey. They have a legitimate three, maybe four three-point shooters at any time in a game could go for three or four threes, and they have two trees who do things in different ways but are big-time bigs in Travion Williams and Zach Eady. I think overall... The Purdue Boilermakers are going to be fine. Tonight, they got their clocks cleaned by a Michigan team that's been underperforming, but by a Michigan team that flat out is very desperate right now because they got to put a run together. All right. Desperation is big, man. Like People overlooked the the value of of a team being desperate, especially one that actually has some talent. 
you know, as as much as much as we've aligned with this Michigan team has been this season, we can't overlook the fact that Caleb Houston is a top 15 recruit. Uh, Moussa Diabate is a top 15 recruit. Hunter Dickinson is an All-American. Eli Brooks is a dude that all of us loved last year. And Devontae Jones was like one of the, what, like five most sought-out point guard transfers? It's not like there aren't pieces on this roster. Oh, there no. It was pieces on this roster. Oh, it, Michigan's supremely talented, but it just shows in college basketball. It's got to be more than that, Ashton, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. But I think the atmosphere as well, um, that that really helped them, especially, you know, from the beginning of the game, the crowd was into it. Um, and obviously, and obviously anytime you have Jay and Ivy coming into your, your home arena, he's, he's box office now, like everybody wants, wants to watch him. And I think, um, they, they did a really good job of just, uh, rising to the occasion. That, that's a, that's a really great point. T.O. makes this point all the time. Fancy you've heard it before. Sometimes you have to learn to be the targeted team. Auburn is going through that right now. I think Purdue is going through it a little bit too. That's life. That's life on a marathon, folks. That's college basketball. There are peaks and valleys. What people thought a month ago of Arkansas is not what they think of them tonight. What people thought of Michigan at the end of December is not what they're thinking right now. You got to be able to, to find a way to get to that dance floor and have your best foot ready to be forward. Up next, what was in store for Duke tonight as they hit the road to Clemson? Could they bounce back? And what are our big picture thoughts about Coach K and the Blue Devils? Plus, we take a trip down the mid-major lane and we'll welcome in Murray State head coach Matt McMahon. That's all coming up and more on Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. Clear for 90. Okay. I love Fanta's radio voice. Can we talk about Fanta's <laughs> radio voice for a second? Sirius XM, Channel 84. <laughs> Got to bring it deep into the night. We have questions from MC Lee. Robert, is the Big Ten overrated? <laughs> uh, no. No, I don't think it is. Um, not at all. No. Come on. No, it's not overrated. Uh, what, I, what I will say is this. Uh, I think that we might have overvalued a number of teams in that league and the number of national title contenders that are there i think there are two teams that you can call a real national title contender that's purdue and illinois and i think wisconsin can get it done but yeah to me it's it's we we overvalued a couple of the teams in that league but purdue's outperformed expectations wisconsin's outperformed expectations so no mc lee you are incorrect from shannon mcmillan i love ashton gibbs on this his voice is his voice is incredible (laughs) ashton shannon wants you to be your Valentine's night day. Oh, that's my Valentine. Will, will you be my Valentine, Shan? That's the question. Shannon, <laughs> are, are you a Pittsburgh fan, Shannon? I'm not. I, I'd like. I, hey, if pick you out are, a win, my condolences. Hey, pick out a win, didn't they? They got a win, Ashton, right? They got a win, Florida. Twenty State, seconds. All right, Ke- Kevin asks first. Ashton is Wisconsin the best team in the Big Ten? No, not at all. I, I actually still Ten have seconds. Purdue. I'm a, I'm a Purdue guy, believe it or not. Um, I just think Jaden Ivey should be the number one pick, by the way. It's the Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. I'm John Fanta. The panel tonight is Ashton Gibbs and Rob Douster. We are with you up until about midnight. We've got a lot to come. If you like blind resume game, 
then you're in for a treat. If you're thinking in your car right now, I don't know what the heck blind resume game is, you are in for a treat. Folks, stay around. Play it with us later on this show. Let's talk about Duke. Duke heading to Clemson tonight. How would they bounce back from an improbable home loss to Virginia? They did in a big way. 82-64 to over Clemson. There was a dirty foul in this game. It got out of hand for the Tigers. We'll get to that. Ashton, the immediate reaction to what Duke did. Uh, play really well, especially after the dirty foul, that whole situation. I thought they, they kept their con- uh, they kept their composure. Um, typical Duke. I, I think they, the identity, um, play, really playing defense offensively, getting guys involved. They stuck to their guns. And I think Mark Williams is a big timer, man. He can, he finishes around the basket on offense. He changes shots on defense. Uh, I thought Jeremy Roach did a good job handling pressure, making plays for guys. And obviously Paulo Bencaro is big time. He, he hits shots. He makes plays when he needs to. So overall um, they, they look like a top 10 team in the country for sure. There's something missing. I don't know what it is for them to be, a final four team. I don't know what it is, but something's something's missing. But um, obviously I, still a still a top 10 team, though. You, you know what I think it is, Ashton? There's nobody on that team that makes things easier for everybody else, like consistently over and over again. There's no one there that's going to get you uh, those those easy drop off dunks as much as you would probably like. Like Mark Williams. Yep. I don't know how many vertical spaces there are on college basketball that have been than Mark Williams and you you don't really have a guy that can over and over again, just make it. So he, all he has to do is catch a ball and dunk it. Now he was eight for eight tonight and he was terrific tonight. Uh, Wendell Moore was able to get the ball to him. I thought Trevor Keels getting into the paint, getting some offensive rebounds, 25 and 11 for him. Um, I thought that was a big difference in the fact that they hit nine threes, like AJ Griffin's a difference maker, but they don't consistently have that one playmaker that makes everything easier for everybody else. Uh, they, they kind of, it feels like they do it by committee. They say like, okay, sometimes it's going to be Wendell Moore. Sometimes it'll be Jeremy Roach. Sometimes it'll be Paolo. Sometimes it'll be Trevor Keels, um, which is fine. And it works and they're going to win a lot of games and they have enough talent that that might even be enough to get them to a national title. But it, it's just, they don't have that one consistent point guard, I guess. It's, and and it's, it's been the knock all year, right? That's what we've yeah, been Yeah, it's been the season. knock. Uh, yeah, it's been that playmaker. Jeremy Roach is good. He's solid, but... You know, you you get you get into March and you you get into the NCAA tournament, like you said, Rob. You need easy buckets. You need guys that can make plays and uh, make things easy. And I love Paolo Bencaro, but he's still coming into his own and making the game easy for others. You know, he can score at will when he wants to, but I think that's his next step is making the game easier for others. But Mark Williams, I love him, man. Uh, can he just really change? He changes the game. He cha- he gives guys energy um not only on defense but offensively the dunks that he has you know just gives you your your team energy and the crowd can go crazy as well yeah it it is problematic I watch this team play at times and I think to myself man I I remember what Trey Jones meant to that Zion RJ show he did so much for that Duke team and this is a team that, that just does not have consistency at the point guard position. And it goes to show you that you could have all the pieces and parts in the toolbox beyond that. 
But when you don't have someone that can make it easier for everybody around you, it's going to be very difficult to consistently be in flow. Sometimes Duke is scoring the basketball, but they're not necessarily scoring the basketball effectively. Like, it's not a sustainable formula at times. Things come off broken plays. It just looks awkward, if you guys know what I mean. Like, it just looks like there are teams that play that have a ton of talent, and they're able to win a lot of games with their talent. Then there are teams that play where, yeah, they do have talent, but there's also such a scheme approach. They play with such great scheme that that scheme's going to give them a better chance than the team with just talent every night. I think Duke has some scheme, but I don't think their personnel matches what they're trying to do. I don't think I, they I, have. I do. I, I think it, I think they do, especially defensively. Like they have the length and athleticism to kind of wear you down. And then Mark Williams at the, I'm rim talking offense. Yeah. yeah I'm offensively, talking offense. offensively it, it can be the kind of thing where they rely a little bit on like uh, isolations, right? Like how many times have we seen Trevor Keels get the ball on the left wing, square somebody up, put his head down and go to his right hand. That's what I'm right, saying. Like they're that, relying, yep. they're relying on their talent to make plays. Yep. And, and sometimes, not and honestly, like a lot of times that kind of like when you have the talent that they have, that's, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Now, the one thing I will say is this, when we watch UCLA play UCLA, they just, and so many possessions end with like a tough pull up too. And I don't think that it's quite the same level with with the Duke where you're saying okay they're not getting good shots on possessions I still think they get good shots right because you're also always going to have the guy at the rim the big fellow is going to be able to catch you and you do have a guy that's been a, a sniper and AJ Griffin so I, I I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit but what I'll say is this on their best day when they play their best game I still think that Duke is the best team they have the highest ceiling in college basketball and I think that my biggest concern is that lacking point guard that can make things easy for everybody else if you are if you go like the virginia game is the perfect example if you run into a night ashton where you're kind of struggling a little bit and you're not getting things easy and it's not going well for you and they found a way to shut down paulo and they keep double teaming him um that's when you kind of run into a night where okay they might be able to get upset so i think that if they play their best game for six straight games i think that they win the national title i think yeah, that they're you, better than gonzaga the problem is you could say that about 15 teams yeah but i Yes, but I, I still do think that if you if you give me Duke's 100% best performance against any other team's 100% best performance, I would take Duke to win that game. I think that they have the talent to win those games. Whereas Duke. I don't I think that you're only going to get their 100% best performance at a lower rate than you would a team like Gonzaga or a team like uh, a team like Baylor or a team like does that make sense? Like I, I think that their best is better than anyone else's best. But I think that it's more, it's less often that you're going to see their best because they lack that consistency of the point guard spot. I may, think it's I, what I'm saying quick... makes sense in my head. I don't know if, it's, I don't know <laughs> if it makes sense, to you guys, but it works. It, up it's it's going to be, it's going to be a question of their toughness, I think. And that's where Virginia, I think, hit them in the mouth a little bit. They, they seemed a bit hungrier. They were a little tougher, especially defensively. That's what Virginia is built on. So, can they over overcome the physicality of certain teams that they'll end up facing? Um, and they got to come ready. They got to come ready def defensively. It starts defensively. And then, like you said, Rob, the point guard play. Can Jeremy Roach, can he have limited turnovers? Can he, you know, control the ball under pressure and just control the pace of the game, I think is going to 
it's going to boil down to that for sure. And, and you know what else? I, I do think experience is a factor. Powell is a freshman. Trevor Keels is a freshman. A.J. Griffin is a freshman. Mark Williams is a sophomore that didn't really get into the rotation until the end of last season. Jeremy Roach is a sophomore. Neither, neither of those guys have ever played in front of crowds at the college level until this season. Wendell Moore has never played in an NCAA tournament game. Think about that. He's a junior at Duke. He's never played in an NCAA tournament game. When was the last time that you could say that about anybody that was a junior at Duke that didn't transfer in? Yeah, so and I that's, think that. Go ahead. Pedro. That's why. That's why I don't like Duke in the NCAA tournament. I also think that there's something to be said about the fact that when they walk in to an arena, it's going to be like Tiger Woods at the Masters. Mm-hmm. Coach K is going to be followed by hundreds of people. It's going to be a media mob, an international media mob. It it, it is going to be very difficult for these 18 and 19 year old kids to keep their level of focus on that NCAA tournament stage. That is a genuine concern that I have. And I think that this Duke team is su- supremely talented and could make the final four. I want to, I want to be clear on that. Uh, I do worry about the ACC. I don't know if the ACC is preparing them as well as another league would prepare a team for the NCAA tournament. And too many times in ACC play, I've seen them struggle by not having enough guard play on the offensive end of the floor. I, I love that you just gave you gave the uh, the Gonzaga argument for Duke and the ACC. That's so funny to me. <laughs> the ACC stinks, man. <laughs> Ashton's just it's being bad. quiet in his corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. I, hey, wait, we have break. My Pitt Panthers, it's, it's not a good year right now, man. We, Ashton. We got a we big have, win the other day, though. You did. We have breaking news, Ashton. I want to get your reaction before I get Rob's. The people on the stream are going to see Rob's facial reaction. After that win over Purdue, Michigan's Ken Palm rating has gone from 47 to 27. <laughs> please no wow. one tell Jeff Goodman. Nobody tell Jeff Goodman. I could please. Wow. I'm, I'm begging everybody. Do not tell Jeff Goodman what happened here tonight. Please don't. I can't deal with him anymore. Purdue's down to number 10. They're they're, they're done. Purdue's, Purdue's, Purdue's washed. Purdue, ah. by the way, they're now 126th in defensive efficiency. I, I got a stat for you guys really quick. The, the lowest that a team has ever been rated, and the, Kenny Palm's database is 21 years old. The lowest a team has ever been rated heading into the tournament on the on on his adjusted defensive efficiency ratings while winning the tournament was North Carolina in 2009 when they were ranked 39th. Purdue was wow. 126th. Wow. That's not good. Duke no. in 2015 when they won were ranked 37th heading into the tournament. It's not good. That's a problem. Purdue fans, watch out. I had one Purdue fan in my mentions on Twitter that was saying, "Are you going to tell everyone how Purdue's washed and the season's over?" I think I just did. Call it. Season's done. <laughs> Man, 20-spot jump in Ken Pomeroy's ratings. That is going to draw some uh, some major traffic. You're exactly right. Mr. Goodman, uh, who has made some of his, his thoughts aware, not all of them are mathematically correct, but that makes them that much more entertaining. So, yeah, Michigan uh, jumping from 47 to 27 in Ken Palm. That is quite the leap. Hey, coming up. We welcome in Murray State head coach Matt McMahon. Tonight, the Racers, they kept on rolling. They're 22-2 and on the season, and they're ranked in the top 25, and they had someone score 39 points tonight. You want help with your bracket in a month? 
We give you help by covering everybody in the country. Stay tuned for that conversation next. This is the Field of 68 After Dark on Sirius XM Channel 84. Clear for 90. All right. So uh, Matt said he should be here in about five minutes. I'm texting with the SID, Greg. Awesome. Okay. Ryan Tonts asks, is Hubert Davis on the hot seat if North Carolina misses the tournament? No, not yet. But I think he does need no. to be Duke next year. Wow. I think that's huge. That isn't, you know, isn't spoken enough. Look, Ryan, I, have, I appreciate the question, Ryan Tots, but Ryan, you can't fire Hubert Davis after one season. No, you he'll get at least two it. years. Come he'll on, get at least two years, and if he makes one tournament, then I think that he'll get at least three. You can't. Yeah. Roy Williams is a legend. You cannot fire the guy that Roy Williams handpicked to take over that program after one season. Ooh, great question from successful manager Ashton. Top two SEC teams versus top two Big Ten teams. Who would win? Thirty Who's seconds. Better? Mm. Uh, so basically, Auburn I, I would and Kentucky. Go I would go mm, 20. Uh, I will go SEC. I will go SEC. I agree. I SEC. Yeah. They're top two of the top SEC. five teams in the country. Hot take. Yep. Two of the top five teams in the country. I love Kentucky. 10 seconds. Way. Is Illinois a potential Final Four team from Jordan? Yes, they are. We all agree. Five. Yes. Two. One. It is the Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. John Fanta. Robert Dowster, Ashton Gibbs with you tonight here on Field of 68. We're with you every night, 11 Eastern time. My man Rob called me this morning. He was so excited this morning. I don't even, I don't know if you drink coffee, Dowster, but you were that pumped because you were talking through your thoughts. Your brain was going on March plans, and none of those are public yet, but folks, buckle up because. Before we get to Matt McMahon for Murray State, I want a quick state of the sport here in your 60 seconds like you always know how to deliver. It is Thursday, February 10th, Rob. What is the state of college basketball as we are just over a month from Selection Sunday? I don't think it's ever been better, right? We have 10, 12 teams in college basketball that are legitimately great right now, right? We have multiple conferences races that are going to be uh, really, really good coming down the stretch of the season. We have teams that are pulling upsets. We have Purdue who everyone on Monday said is going to go out and win the big 10. They're a lock to win the big 10 because they just beat Illinois. They beat the brakes off them. Now they go on the road to a Michigan team that is struggling and they lose by 20. They get worked over, right? We have Duke coming off of a loss going on the road and picking up a win in ACC play. I honestly, my expectations coming into the season was that this was going to be the best college basketball year that we've had in a long time. I don't know if it was just because I'm two years into a pandemic, but I've never been more excited for a college basketball season. And it has delivered guys. It has delivered. This has been a great year. I, I, I cannot be more fired up for March. I don't think it's possible for me to be more fired up in March. And it's not just because I got a little glass of the Brown stuff over here. <laughs> Ashton. I, I, I love, I, I love the amount of, individual skill from the players. I, I think there are so many, so many guys from top to bottom. Um, 
that will be NBA role guys or or NBA superstars. Um, you talk about Paolo Bencaro to Chet Holmgren, Johnny Davis, Jaden Ivey. You go, you know, Kentucky, Tata Washington. Like you, you talk about the number of guys that can be not only NBA role players, but maybe future NBA stars. Man, it's special. Ashton, you talk about the wealth of players, so I'm going to put you on the hot seat. If you had to vote for a national player of the year right now, who are you voting for? Uh, I was last week. I was uh, Obaji. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to stick with him. I say right now. Um, I, I like Jabari Smith. Um, Auburn hasn't been consistent. National. I, I would go Obaji right now. Um, but it, it's tough. It's tough because I'm a Jaden Ivy fan. I think he's the number one pick in the draft. So you know, I'm I'm a Jaden Ivy fan. But overall, Purdue just hasn't been winning. Obviously, with the loss to to Michigan today. So that's a tough one. Rob, I would go Johnny Davis. I just I think that he has been the most valuable guy. To see. Like without him, what is Wisconsin is not. They're like a three seed right now without him. They're, they're nowhere near that. And he's also had huge moments when everyone's yeah. like, we all saw him put up 30 on Houston. We all saw him drop 37 to 14 at Purdue. Uh, we saw him drop 25 at, at Michigan state on both. Was that Monday? Whatever it was. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I can't keep track of these days at this point. Uh, but yeah, to me, it's to me, I would give it to Johnny Davis. All right, let's get to our conversation tonight. We've got the head coach of the Murray State Racers, the 23rd team in the country, 23rd ranked Murray State Racers, who are 23 and 2. Let's welcome in Matt McMahon. It is great to be joined by the seventh year head coach of the Murray State Racers. Matt McMahon is with us on Field of 68 after dark. Sirius XM Channel 84, John Fanta, Rob Doster, Ashton Gibbs with you. And Matt McMahon, you have engineered one of the great stories in college basketball this season. Now 23-2 and on the season, 13-0 and in conference play after K.J. Williams leads you with 39 points tonight to the win over Tennessee State. So, Matt, I'll start with this. K.J. Williams, 39 points. What did you see from him this evening? 
uh, fans need to tune in and go watch the second half. He scored 31 of them in the second half. Just an all-time great performance here at Murray State. Uh, KJ, 6'10", 245 pounds. He'll soon become the third player in the history of Murray State basketball with 1,500 points and 800 rebounds. He's just – he's a stud. And uh, he, he put on an all-time great performance tonight. Coach, you've been around some great guards, Campaign, John Morant. How does Tevin Brown match up with those guys? How he, He's a big-time player. Yeah, I think he's the most underappreciated player in all of college basketball, any level. Uh, he does a little bit of everything well. Uh, he'll finish at Murray State, uh, top, probably about top eight all-time in scoring. Uh, he'll finish top five in assists, top five in steals. He's the OVC's all-time leading three-point shooter. And he's just an incredibly smart player. His movement without the ball and his impact on winning is, is off the charts. So, Coach, I, I, you guys are sitting here at 23-2 on the season, like Fanta just said. You're 13-0. Um, in your league, you are blowing people out. You're winning games on the road. Uh, you have a win at Memphis. You have a win at Belmont. I don't think people realize just how good a win at Belmont is these days. Um, but it feels like for, for programs that are kind of in your spot, it feels like every game is almost a tournament at this point of the season, right? Where if you lose one, all of a sudden you prove yourselves as not worthy. What, what kind of pressure does that carry with on, on a given night for you guys? Yeah, Rob, I think it's a great point. That's just the reality of college basketball. But I, I think our guys have, have shown great maturity. We have great toughness and, and character in our locker room. And we just enjoy playing. I mean, we've, KJ had 39 tonight. Tevin Brown's had a 30-plus point game. Juice Hill had 36 in the win at Belmont. Uh, I think we're one of five teams now in the country that's top 25 in offensive and defensive efficiency. So we have great balance there. And I tell you what, what really helped us, I know going into today, we're top 25 and in the Kimpom. And of those top 25 teams, we have the seventh most difficult non-conference schedule. So I, I think the challenges of the non-conference really prepared us well. And, uh, you know, that's how, you know, life on the road tonight, right? You know, a great environment. Uh, every game's tough. And, and I was really proud of the way our guys battled back. We're down 13 in the first half. Oh, I, and, I watched uh, just, it. I, I watched yeah, the was, game. It, it was a weird court setup, but I, I do want to elaborate yeah. on the point on, on you guys going on the road. So uh, we were talking yeah. about it before you kind of jumped on how Purdue goes on the road tonight and loses by like 27 at Michigan. And we're Jeez. all just kind of like, yeah, that's life in college basketball. Whereas a program like yours, if you go on the road at a place like Tennessee State, which is a good, a good team, a rowdy environment. Um, yeah. And you lose that game, then that's something where we're like, okay, write them off. They're done. Murray State was 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 yeah. overrated. I don't think that's fair, and I, I don't know if like yeah. how hard you want to go in it, but I, I think it's unfair. I I want people to be able yeah. to watch you guys. I want people to look at Ken Palm and say, okay, that's a top twenty five team. They they they've yeah. proven themselves. So uh, I will rally for you guys. I don't know if you want to go no, as hard as I that. will. Well, no, I appreciate it. It's just the reality of, of college hoops, and that's fine. Uh, we've had elite teams here before. It's part of it. Uh, but, I, you know, I love our team. I, I don't think the, the casual college basketball fan understands how good Moorhead State, Belmont, Murray State are. I mean, th mm -hmm. those are three really good teams uh, that, that can go up against uh, most teams in, in the country. So, you know, we, we do a pretty good job, I think, with our players of just really staying focused on as boring as it is for these podcasts, uh, controlling what we can control and just trying to keep getting better and just win the next game. 
and, and that's all we can really afford to worry about. Uh, you know, we're a little beat up after tonight, so we, we've got to get rested up, and then we're going to play at Moorhead on Thursday. And our first matchup with them was a war. You had to fight and scrap for every point you got. So I'm sure Saturday will be more of the same. Matt McMahon is our guest, the head coach of the 23rd-ranked team in the nation, Murray State, moving to 23-2 and after a win tonight. And, Matt, one of our cast members on Field of 68 of our rotation is your buddy, Steve Prome, who you spent a lot of time with. And so we have to ask you here, because we know Coach Prome is having a snack right now at home with his, with his, <laughs> new, his newborn. What is your best Steve Prome story? Give us something good, man. You oh, give us something man. Good. It's, it's called After Dark for a Reason. You don't have to hold that. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't, man, but it, you opened the door for me. He, he's been a, just such an unbelievable mentor for me. Uh, he's the one who gave me the opportunity to come to Murray State 11 years ago and be a part of his magical four-year run here. Unbelievable coach, one of the most genuine people in all of college basketball. Uh, you know, I will say this, as an assistant, we would get annoyed with them. Every shoot around, we would work on like, here's what we're doing against triangle and two. Here's what we're doing against box and one. He wanted every detail covered. And we always like, coach, and no one's played as triangle and two in four years. Uh, but we go and play Colorado State in the NCAA tournament back in 2012. And sure enough, they played as triangle and two. And we had worked on it every shoot around all year. And uh, really learn from that. You got to be prepared for everything. And and I can't wait to see where he ends up coaching this spring. I, I don't know how I feel about all of these Steve Prome compliments on here. Can we just make fun <laughs> of him for being a Washington Commanders fan now? Can you at least do that? Yeah, no, we definitely do that. Yeah, we definitely do that. That's for sure. But the best in the business, man. I'm really appreciative of what he's done for me and continues to do. Uh, been a great mentor to me. Matt, we've got 30 seconds before we've got a break here. Sirius XM Channel 84. So I'll have you leave us with this next month. I know you very much hope, and we all believe you're deserving of, of seeing Murray state on the 68 team bracket somewhere. Tell America right now, why a month from now, when they get a pencil out, it doesn't matter who's on the other side. Why should America <laughs> believe in Murray state? Hey, you know, that's your guy's job. You know, <laughs> our, our job is to build a great team. And if you go check our resume, I think it speaks for itself. Uh, I told you about the non-conference strength of schedule. I told you about the balance on offense, defense. Uh, most importantly, we got damn good players. Uh, Tevin Brown, KJ Williams, Juice Hill. I, I can go down the line. Uh, we got guys who can play anywhere in America. So that gives us an opportunity to win every night out. Matt McMahon, the head coach of the 23-2 and Murray State Racers. What a season. It's one of the great stories in college basketball, and they're ranked in the top 25, and rightfully so. Matt, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Field of 68 After Dark. Hey, privilege to be here. Let's go, Racers. There he is, Matt McMahon. Up next here on After Dark, we will play the blind resume game. All right, we're, we're about to get there here. We're about to get to the best segment 
what has become my favorite segment of the week. <laughs> it's blind resume game. If if only Greg Waddell had game show music underneath this, that's the only thing that it would make it better. But before we One play, because we have a minute now, Rob, what has gone on on this network this week uh, in the metrics versus resume debates? Oh my god! I can't. Why why are you doing this to me? I because I'm a host here sleeping. You, He's not even, look, look Jeff, you have to Jeff pick Goodman, a prod. Jeff Goodman is great at what he does, as long as it does not involve any kind of math, any kind of metrics, or understanding the difference between something that is predictive and something that is resume based. I'm gonna give it to you guys so you guys are 30 seconds listen on YouTube. Predictive metrics, they are telling you what is gonna happen in the future. Resume-based metrics. They're telling you what a team has been able to 20 accomplish seconds. in terms of wins or losses. Providence has won a bunch of close games and got smacked in their two losses. They are not going to look good in the predictive metrics because of that. It's just 10. something where resume tells you what has happened. Predictive tells you what to bet on moving forward. It's that simple. Five. Two. One. It's now time. For the latest edition of the Field of 68 Blind Resume Game. Good evening, everybody. I'm your host, John Fanta. We are presented by Bet Rivers. This is Sirius XM Channel 84. It is the best game this time of year. So buckle up and let's see if we can stump our panelists. Tonight's panel includes Ashton Gibbs, contestant number one. And Rob Dowster, contestant number two. Okay, it's time for blind resumes. Can I just say and, something real quick? Yeah. I'm guaranteeing a victory tonight. I don't know how we're scoring this, uh. but I'm guaranteeing a victory against <laughs> Ashton tonight. Okay, so here's how we score who wins. I like it. We score who wins. Producer Greg and I will score who we think should be in the tournament. <laughs> and then we'll okay. determine who wins. It's kind of like... Back in the day when uh, when Reese Davis would host with Lou Holtz and Mark May, college football programming, and Reese would always side with Lou Holtz just to make Mark May mad. I, I might do that tonight. We'll see. There are no rules. This is a blind resume game. <laughs> I'm going to give you each a resume. You're going to tell me who belongs in the field. Let's are you ready? It. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, team number one has a net ranking of 76. Their Ken Palm is 77. Their strength of schedule is 42. Quadrant one, four and five. Four quadrant one wins. Quadrant two, oh and two. Oh and two against quad two. Quadrant three, five and one. Quadrant four, five and zero. So nothing in quadrant four in terms of losses. No quadrant two wins, but four quad one wins. That's team number one. Okay. Team number two has a net ranking of 41. They have a Kempom rating of 43. Their strength of schedule is 27. Their quadrant one record is 0 and 7. Their quadrant two record is 4 and 0. Their quadrant three record is eight and zero, and their quadrant four record is five and zero. Ashton, said team number two was how many quad one wins? You said Owens no quad one wins. Zero. zero so team okay. number two has no quad one wins. Team number one has four. 
four. Team number two has four quad two wins, but team number one has none. Ashton, which I'm, team belongs in the field? I'm going quad one wins. Um, team one. Robert? Oh, man, this one's tough. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah, it, no, it's a really tough one because it's like the two polar opposites. The one team has yeah. the clearly better metrics, but they haven't beaten anybody. The other team has clearly worse metrics, that, but they've beaten all these good wins. Um, I'm going to go – you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go with team uh, team number one. Wait, no, team number two. I'm going to go with the, 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 the metrics team just because I've, I've, I've kind of certified myself as the metrics guy. Where I gotta say, you gotta buy the metrics. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta buy into the math nerds. Okay, who are they? Team are number teams? one is Creighton. Team number two is North Carolina. <sighs> Can I reverse it, ladies and Can gentlemen of the jury? Ladies and gentlemen That's of the me. jury. <laughs> That's me. We've reached a decision, and I didn't even have to consult with the sheriff, Greg Waddell. <laughs> Ashton Gibbs has taken a one nothing lead by putting That's the me. Creighton Blue Jays in the field. You guys set me up, man. Unbelievable. It's start, Ashton. Way to set the tone. This is the goal of the game. Try to get Douster off his horse. Yes, sir. All right. Blind resume, game number two. So Douster's down a game. Now, he, he's rumored that he had a good basketball career. So did you ever fall behind early in a game and then rally your team? Probably not. <laughs> okay, so team... I'm throwing it, throwing it towel. I can't believe I just picked North Carolina into the tournament. <laughs> Dagan goes, Dagan Hughes, our other producer, goes, Rob, how the hell did you not know that that was North Carolina? Well, because I cheated and I looked at the Kempom squad right now. San Diego State is for You're not so allowed I thought we were to doing cheat. San Diego State. Well, I had Kempom up. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, I, I had to, it was the screen from when we were talking about the other thing with Kempom. So it was up and I was like, ah, let me take a peek. So blind resume. <laughs> Game number two, team number one has a net ranking of 40. Kempom 38. Okay. Strength of schedule. 199. 199. Strength of record 65. Their quadrant one record is two and one. Their quadrant two record is two and two. Their quadrant three record is five and one. Their quadrant four record is seven and one. So they have a quadrant four loss. Okay. All right. Want to hear team two here? Team number two. Let's do it. So team number one's net was 40. Team number two's net. Rob, are you cheating still? No, I'm not. The, the text messages are going <laughs> off right now. I'm just like <laughs> yelled at. Producer Greg is yelling at me for trying to cheat and not doing yeah, the, it well the, enough. Yeah, the whole production crew is upset at you right now, <laughs> myself included. Team number two, the net ranking is 72. The Kempom ranking is 71. Okay, so so first off, team number one, net ranking was 40 and 38 for Kempom. Mm -hmm. Number yep, two, 72 it. net, 71 Kempom. Their strength of schedule, 61. Strength of record is 40. Quad one, record two and one. Quad two record, five and four. Quad three record, six and two. Quad four record four and zero. Oh. I I gotta go team number one. 
because I, to me, both of those resumes are pretty similar. Uh, one team has worse metrics and worse losses or, and bad losses. So I would go team number one there. Even though, go, go ahead. Go, I'm gonna go team two. <laughs> it's just much no just just because I went team one. Okay, okay. okay. Wait, wait, so okay. Like All, All right, right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna bring in the sheriff. Greg, put your, you can put your microphone on. Okay, team number one was UAB. That's who that's who uh that's who Let's Rob has. Let's team do number it. Let's go. team number Fighting two. AKs. Team number two is Miami. Get him out of here. All right, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here, See boys. You. I'm See here, you. boys. And just, just for the sake of going to round three, I'm giving one this one to Rob, Bobby D for the win. <laughs> but he has to promise <laughs> not to cheat round three though, because that's a brutal. Stop, I wasn't, she's I not wasn't, cheating. I, I wasn't. I, wasn't. I don't it understand what is going on with the game. The, the point of the game is integrity here. This guy's a cheater, man. Yeah, this come on, folks. Okay, so we're gonna put Take, UAB. I'm trying to win here. I'm trying to he, win here, folks. Okay, but here's the one thing I have with UAB before we get to, to the final game. They have four quad one two wins. Miami has a combined seven. Yeah, quad one. The num the metrics, the metrics are, are so much lower. You're right. You're right. The metrics okay. are so much lower. The, the, I Without knowing specifically what those wins are, and again, like Miami, if I if you had said they have also won at Duke, then that changes things a little bit. Um, but I I do think that if you're just looking at those those quadrants, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, we go have, ahead. We're running. We have out of two time. minutes. Team number one. This is blind resume game number three to decide it. Team one net ranking forty eight. Kempom ranking fifty one. Strength of schedule sixty three. Quad one one and five. Quad two three and two. Quad three five and zero. Oh. Quad four, seven, and one. They have one quad four loss. No quad three losses. Team number two's net ranking is 37. Their Kemp Palm is 32, so they're higher in those. Their strength of schedule, though, is 193. Team one is 63. Team two, quadrant one record, 0 and 2. Quad two, 2 and 1. Quad three, 7 and 3. Quad four, 5 and 1. Give it to team one. Team one all the way, even though they're net slower. Even though they're net, they've actually they've actually beaten someone. They have four four quad three and four losses. Got to go team one. Me and Ashton are on the same page here. You can't fool me on this. That was the easy one. Then we'll just have to resume. We'll have to resume things next week because as it stands, I'm giving you both a point. So Ashton and Rob are tied in this round of the blind resume game because team one was Florida. Team one was Florida. And team number two was Washington State. Yeah, Wazoo got to get out of here. Sorry, Wazoo. Sorry, Kyle Smith. Wazoo, you've <laughs> dropped four combined games in quad three and four. All right, we got a minute left. Sorry, Clay Thompson. Rob, your final <laughs> thoughts here tonight. Your final thought before we get out of here. Hey, man, look, it's a random Thursday night in college basketball season, and we had four top 10 teams on the road tonight. How do you not love this sport, Fanta? It's the best. It's the best. Ashton, best. fire. Ten seconds. Wolverines, baby. Huge win against against Purdue. Um, I, I think this is the start of a of a mini streak for sure. For Ashton Gibbs, for Rob Douster, exactly Greg Waddell. Credit to KJ Williams. He scored 39 tonight for Murray State. I'm John Fanta. Good night, everybody. See you tomorrow on Field of 68 after dark on Sirius 84. Okay, feel the 68 after dark after. So I don't know, like, if I were to proclaim a winner, 
I'm not, I'm still not sure <laughs> about the integrity of the game. I thought Ashton played, it's, you know, he set the tone, but it's, you're both. I, I played points. fairly, right? You did. I could, we have I couldn't to even play. cheat well. I couldn't even cheat well. <laughs> oh, we have to right. play with Goodman. Yeah, here's what we need to do. Um, Fanta, do the reads I sent you real quick. Greg, while he does that, can you just text him a list? You need we need one tiebreaker. Pick one team in or out. One team in or out on the bottle. One we need Go a tiebreaker ahead, for this. While you while you do the reads, Fanta. Okay. Here is our read tonight. Hey Ashton, let me add let me ask you something. Let me try that again. Hey Ashton, <laughs> let me ask you something. What's more important than peace of mind, Ashton Gibbs? Nothing. 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 That's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, I know you do, sir, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe, or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Hey, Rob, want to make some money? Yeah, I do. How about you invest it in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? And what would that be, John Fanta? I'm talking about art. (laughs) Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique program. You can log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. B-L-E-A-V. Feel the 68 After Dark is presented by Bet Rivers. John Fanta, Ashton Gibbs, Rob Downster with you. Okay, I have here the two teams that Greg has decided on. And I have to tell you, Mr. Waddell, you've outdone yourself because I love it. I think that these two are perfect for us to to look up, and so I am going right now to the the metrics page. Okay, I've I've I've, I've put all my browsers down, my phone down, hands over here. See, there you go. Now I'm going to play a little theory. I'm not going to give you the Kempom because I'm not going to. I'm giving you the net and what they've done. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on a second. I got a team number one has a net ranking of 63. Their overall record is 16 and seven. Quadrant one record is two and five. Quadrant two record is three and one. Quadrant three record is seven and one. Quadrant four record is four and oh. Okay. They are, I'm looking at it now, six and three on the road. So they've collected road wins. They have six road wins. All right, that's team number one. Team number two 
is 13-9. and nine. Two and five against Quadrant One. That's the same record as the first team. Three and three against Quadrant Two. So three solid enough, but also three losses. Four and one against Quadrant Three, and four and zero oh against Quadrant Four. And they are. I'm looking at their road record here. Hold on a second. Their road record. Just to give you all the facts, is three and six. They're three and six away from their home court. So who you got? Team one or team two? I'm I'm going team, team two. One. Team two. You gotta get team two in there. Gotta get them in. You have six to get and three on the road, two and five. Yeah. Sixteen and seven. Team team three, though, it's just it's team got the three. feel of a I'm sorry, team two has got the feel of a group that's about to make a run. You know those those two oh, those two quadrants. Oh my those two god! Two quadrants are big. They just got the feel of a team that is about to make a run. They're right. Yeah, here's one hundred percent. Fanta, Fanta, Fanta. you want to know? You want to know why you didn't say the Kempom number? Greg, Greg, because I because I, 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 I was just looking at the resume. Greg, come on, Greg. Look, look. Here's the thing: they are about to make a run. That's damn sure. But we, Fanta, we don't reward pandering on the field of 68 after dark, which is what Bobby D just tried to do to me. So for that reason, Ashton Gibbs is the winner tonight. Yes. Unbelievable. We we need to recount these judges. I like it. No, he won. Hold what on, I'm just putting on? it out on Twitter. Ashton Gibbs beats Rob Doster <laughs> in tonight's blind. I'm taking that home, man. I'm taking that these, with me, Rob. Ashton, these, congratulations. Ashton, congratulations. Who was, who was the, Come so on, the, man. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for Pitt this year, man. I need a win. <laughs> <laughs> team number win. two was obviously uh, Michigan. Who was okay. team number one? Team one was Notre Dame. Uh, wow. Yes, I, I would still say I put okay. Michigan in there over Notre Dame. Yeah, I think know, both should be in. I think both are going to. I, th- I actually agree with you. I actually agree with you. Oh, Dagan Hughes says I got another if you guys need it. Dagan, go ahead. It was kind of a light night, so just just text it to me and we'll get it in here. Let's before he does that here. I um, want to unreal. talk about this. I want to talk about this, okay? Because who's on tomorrow night? Who's on the show tomorrow night? Robert. Do I don't know? think we. I, we're, we're off tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay, we're off tomorrow, so that's why this is perfect, Greg. Perfect for us to talk about right now. Rob, tomorrow night there's a top there's a top twenty five game. Number twenty four UConn, and number twenty five Xavier. Xavier's winning it's by twenty. At- at Xavier. See again, At again. Xavier. I this can't take it seriously because he's he is doing a reverse jinx here, Ashton. Do you? I'm see not that? doing. Re- I'm not. I'm not doing a reverse. This is this is the perfect spot for for Xavier to be in. Line opened up UConn plus one at Bet Rivers. It's already up to UConn plus two at Bet Rivers. I'm telling you, man, this is the perfect spot for this. is This is a must win game. They're coming off a one point loss. They got to get this one. Like if this this home, is the season yeah. on the line. Yeah, this. This game Friday for Xavier is what UConn's game at home against Marquette was on Tuesday. So I'm not even trying to reverse jinx. Like this is you're, you're walking into a cauldron in the Cintas Center. It's gonna be a tough one, man. Yeah, I one thing is though, Ashton, and and I'm sure you saw some of Xavier Seton Hall last night. 
Xavier right now is an inconsistent basketball team. And, and UConn, for that matter, has been too as of late. What, what I look at, though, is Xavier last night against Seton Hall gave up 17 offensive rebounds to the Pirates. 17-4 to four was the offensive rebounds. Overall in the rebounding category was 41-28. If you're going to beat UConn, right, Ashton, you got to yeah. be able to box out Adama Sanogo and Isaiah Whaley. Oh, for sure, man. And then you gotta you gotta stay in front of your guards. You know, RJ Cole, you know, he can have a field day. Um, with with the amount of freedom that he gets and uh he gets downhill on a lot of plays. If you go under screens, you know, he's knocking down open threes from the perimeter. So um I, I think it's a game Xavier needs to win though. So I, I do think they win. I gotta I gotta take for you, Fanta. I'm curious your opinion on this. Yeah. You're our resident Big East guy. Um, I think Tyrese Martin is by far the most important player on UConn. He's not their best player. I think you got to give that to Adama Sanogo. And he's probably not the most valuable because if you lose RJ Cole, you don't have a point guard on that team. But when UConn is at their best under Danny Hurley, they are a team that is going to win off of energy, off of effort, and off of doing things like defending and forcing turnovers and getting second chance shots. You're not relying on them to run like this beautiful offense and get this floor spacing and reinvent right. the wheel. And it, like they're not a John Beeline team, right? They're no. running off of rebounds and efforts and turnovers and four shots. And they run really good stuff. Like, like I've said it a ton of times. They, they, Dan Hurley has a deep playbook with a ton of counters and a ton of creative actions. Um, but this is a team that wins off of effort and off of second chance points. And Tyrese Martin is that team's heart and soul. When he's the guy that is screaming at the crowd after getting an offensive rebound, when he's the guy that's dropping dimes to Dama Sanogo and throwing up the goggles like this and running down the floor like this, <laughs> like that's when they are at their best. So to me, when Tyrese Martin shows up and is that dude, that's when UConn goes from being like, eh, you know what, they're pretty good to being like, okay, now we got a problem on our hands. So I agree with that take. And, and here's why, because he is the number two to Cole on the perimeter. Cole is the lead ball handler. Lead ball handler doesn't necessarily mean lead score. And I think for RJ Cole, so much has been put on his plate, but it doesn't have to be that way. I thought against Marquette, UConn did a good job of distributing the basketball, sharing the basketball. This is a team sometimes that the ball mm -hmm. stops for them in their half court. And if you look at the analytics to that game, Cole's usage and his shot taking was not as high as it's been in the, in the recent couple of games when he scored 25. Tyrese Martin is a huge key to this UConn team. To me, though, you can't get nothing from the two spot. You can't get nothing from whoever's with Cole in that backcourt. I thought last game, I'm not saying I agree with the Martin take. And I'm not saying that this is something that you're you're counting as a significant major key, but it's key enough for me to bring up. Isn't it amazing, Rob, what happened when Jordan Hawkins just hit a couple of shots for this oh, offense? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It, it opens everything up. Jordan and, and Tyler are like the guys, they're they're like the X factors with their playing great. I, I've said this before. If Jordan Hawkins spends the next month having the run that James Booknight had in the last month of his freshman season, then we're, we're having a totally different conversation about UConn. Yeah. But I talked to him. Don't, don't, if you, if you let me go down to UConn road, we will, we will sit here for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> no, no, about no, we're not going <laughs> to do it. Cause I'll, I'll do it. Dagan Hughes, by the way, Ashton, who wins UConn and Xavier? Who wins Xavier? 
I have Xavier. It's a must win for Xavier. I agree with Rob. Honestly. It was a tough loss. I mean, that, that loss to Seen Hall was was big. So, you know, you, you have to win this game. Yeah, I agree. I, with I think you. I think this is a great matchup for UConn, but it just I, I I think Xavier is good enough where if they get home in front of that crowd like that, it's just you're walking into a buzzsaw. And it's just like again, that's league play. It's league play on the road. Any any road when you get in league play is a gift. What what did uh, were you on here when Billy Donovan came on? Uh, Bill, Billy Don Billy no. Donlin, the head coach at I, he's I think he's at UMKC right now, and they won at Missouri. And he he came on here and he said road wins are better than sex. <laughs> hey that's what the play is man it is what road it is. wins are great man they are um all right we have another <laughs> we have another blind resume here before we go because people are loving this game i love it and dagan hughes sent in the suggestion so all bow down to dagan i will i will listen Look, to his it's, blind it's resume dagan, dagan it's your night off go get a beer man what are you doing well he lives for this stuff he lives for this stuff. Sam, here he goes. I, I've got the. I almost just said one of the team's names. Here we go. So team number one has a net ranking of 42. Okay. Overall, they're 18 and six. Okay. They are four and one in road games for what it's worth. Four and one in road games. Quadrant one, two and three. Quadrant two. Four and two. Quadrant three, five and zero. Oh. Quadrant four, seven and one. They have a quadrant four loss. That always means something, and they only have two quadrant one wins. Okay. Team number two has a net ranking of forty nine. They are sixteen and six on the season. They are four and three in road games. Team number two is one and three against quadrant one. One and three. They only have one. Team number two is three and two against quad two. Three and two against quad two. Three and one against quadrant three. Nine and oh against quadrant four. They've played nine quadrant four. Did you say what what was the road record for the second team again? Team number two is four. Four and, four and three, four and three on the road. They are two and zero oh on a neutral floor as well. Yeah, I think I got to give it to team number two. Yeah, uh, I think I got to give it to team. You said that they were two and three against quad one, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, so I, I think yes, I gotta, I'm gonna I go team two. I'm gonna go team two. I think I got to give it to team number two. Now I think this is interesting. Excuse me, team two is one and three against quad one. So team team number one is two and three, but team number one has a quadrant one loss. Team two does not have a quad one loss. Quad four, quad four loss, yeah. Uh, a quad four quad loss, four. right? Twelve, thirteen. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to switch one it up. and go one and three. One. And I'm quad go one is team yeah, two. I'm go team no- yeah, right. I'm going to go team number one. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to team number one, mostly just because Ashton is team number two, and I got to I got to mix uh, it up. Too. Okay, I, to see, do. I was about to change, but. I'll go. I'll stay team two. I'm gonna stay team two. Okay. Team number one is San Francisco. Team number two is St. Louis. 
Yeah, Don's all the way, baby. Got to give it to the yeah, Don's. Yeah, that's, that's same friend. See, Gotta now it it's even Don's. again. See, now Dagan actually helped Rob by playing another round of this game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the series is tied at two, and we'll we'll resume it on another After Dark maybe yeah, next. Well, here, here's here's the problem. San Francisco yeah. doesn't doesn't after the loss that they took. Like they, I, I wanted to get you it. You don't in. think love so? Don's love Todd Golden, but you can't. It's it, they're in such a tough spot. I they can still get in because there are good wins available in that league. Um, but I think they're kind of at a point where you almost have to have to beat Gonzaga, which is <laughs> good luck. Who would be? <laughs> Let's talk about this for a moment. I'll give this to you guys because I, I'm shooting this off the wall to you. My four number one seeds right now would be Gonzaga, Auburn, even after the loss. Gonzaga, Auburn. Arizona. It gets tough, man. It, after it those tough. first two, it gets tough. And it's tough. Arizona and Purdue, even after the loss tonight, I still would give really? Purdue the nod at the one. Yeah. So Gonzaga, Auburn, Arizona, Purdue. I think my guess is that if Kansas ends up winning the Big 12 regular season title, okay, they're probably going to end up getting it just because I think that they're going to start piling up a lot of great wins. I think they lead the country with eight quad one wins right now. And losing at Texas, like, Texas I'm is checking. the top 15 team in all the metrics. So I, I think they're going to be able to stack up enough good wins because the lowest rated team. Hey, like, hey, Rob, Baylor has eight. Kansas has seven. So Baylor could still get it. But yeah, Baylor. I think whoever wins the Big 12 regular season title, one of those two teams is going to get it, Kansas or That's Baylor. fair. The one best team from the Big 12 should get a one seed. What do you think, Ashton? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Gonzaga, Auburn, Baylor, Arizona. Yeah, Gonzaga. after the... I think I think it's Gonzaga, Auburn, someone from the Big Twelve, and then you have the other person from the Big Twelve. You have Purdue, you have Arizona, you have uh, Kentucky. I think is still in the mix there. Oh, Kentucky. Um, yep. I don't think I don't think Wisconsin's out. Like if was Wisconsin like reels off seven straight wins in the regular season, like they have some really good wins. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of competition for that one seed line. All right, it's time for three cheers. It's time for three cheers. Lead us off, AG. I'm going to go Jawan Howard, Michigan, man. Um, I talked about it before. Um, I think this is the start of a mini run that they need. You know, that was, this was a huge win that they needed as well. So, a uh, huge performance tonight. And uh, to the Wolverines, to the Wolverines, man. Cheers. Cheers. Salud uh, to the Wolverines. Um so I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Dukes, Duke as a whole, uh, specifically like the guys on the roster, not named Wendell Moore. Um, because I think wow. the fact that there was not an all out, all like a full scale brawl after the hit that, that Wendell Moore took on that, that dunk attempt, um, like cheers to the Duke staff. Cheers to the people that were able to hold them back. Like, honestly, like if I saw that, Ashton, you that was crazy, this, man. If yeah, you saw that, that happen to your teammate, what you're, oh, the, New man. the Newark's it coming out, been. right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would have, it would have gone crazy. So, yeah, yeah, cheers to them. Cheers to Duke, cheers, honestly. Cheers to them. Just and, for holding, and, and you know yeah, what? Cheers to composure. Wendell. 
and cheers to Wendell Moore for not being injured. Cause that, like when I saw that coming down, that was one of those ones where you're like, Oh, please don't have a broken back. Please don't have a yep. broken spine. Please be able to walk. Please. Don't I thought his back. wrist, something was going to break something. Oh. He got up and started walking after like 10 yeah. seconds. I was like, man, I, when I step on a Lego, I am down for longer than that. <laughs> yes. You got, you guys don't have kids. You don't know what it's like to step on a Lego C- yet. Kudos uh, to do, Coach K giving David Collins a hug right after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Three cheers for me. In New York sports, it was a dark football season. And basketball season has seen its ups and downs in four of the five boroughs. I'm heading to Staten Island. On Staten Island, there is a really special story happening on the Northeast Conference. Bashir Mason's Wagner Seahawks have won a nation's best 14 straight games. They win 69-57 to tonight over Mount St. Mary's. Alex Morales goes for 21 points and Wagner is 17 and two on the year. I do not care who, what league, what's going on. I know a couple things, Bashir Mason is a really good young African-American coach. Who's just getting his start. He has done a sensational job with that Wagner program. He's brought in really good talent at the Northeast conference level. Congratulations to Wagner. If you went by that campus and you drove by it, your appreciation for what's going on there is would, would just skyrocket. They're right on Staten Island. It's a school that doesn't get a ton of attention in New York because there's so many universities around that area. Good for the Seahawks. I'm rooting for you, Bashir Mason. Happy for Wagner. They play a New York City way. Three cheers to the Wagner Seahawks. Cheers, cheers. Seahawks, baby. That's it for us. So we're off tomorrow, and the crew is back Saturday night at 11 Eastern time, 10 Central. Fun night tonight. Blind resume game. Gibbs and Douster even at two games apiece. We are going to a game five someday, folks. And thanks to producer Greg Waddell. He made that so much fun. For AG and Rob Douster. Fun? Fun? Well, (laughs) fun. it was was a blast for me. (laughs) I'm pro. I, I am protesting the result of this. When Goodman plays, I am going to cackle. I mean, I hope I'm the game show host for that game, so I could just go against. There's no shot he's winning a round of that game. No, he's going to lose every single one. It's the, he's it's going to say. He's going to say for each one, what's the KPI? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We're back Saturday night at 11 for Field of 68 After Dark. Enjoy your Friday night. Enjoy Zay. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.